welcome to another season of Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, the Survivor after show that will unpick and unpack all things Australian Survivor heroes versus villains every single week. I'm Khan Ong, enduringly known as King Khan on Australian Survivor Blood versus Water. Not that I knew that at the time. This is Brooke Jowett from the first season of Australian Survivor, as well as All Stars, and Australia's biggest Survivor export, Australian Survivor expert, Shannon Gus. Welcome to the Treehouse. Do you like it? It's got like massive George of the Jungle vibes, right? I'm loving it. It's really cool. I feel like I'm in the forest. I feel like I'm out there with them. But we're not. <laughs> Thank God, we're well fed this time. So, Australian Survivor Heroes vs Villains starts Monday, Jan 30th at 7.30pm on 10 and 10 Play. And I would like to kick things off by declaring myself a villain. I'd agree with that. Yeah? I think so. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you put on a little bit of a hero front. Like, <laughs> Khan's so sweet and everyone loves Khan, but on the inside you're a devil. What do you think? Oh, I think you're 100% a villain. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, not. I feel like people see that that's a bad thing. I root for the villains. Yeah. You were scheming and plotting and like everyone did love you, but in a way that you were then like wanting to slit their throats, right? So villainous. Slit their throats? Yeah. Oh, I truly. did a lot of things that kind of was bad for my game, just for my heart. I feel like I sit somewhere in between the two. Like, mm. look, I think you're both probably right, but I feel like I would sit on the line a little bit. I think I am a villain, but I played with my heart for the majority of the game and also did some pretty stupid things to keep my word. So that's that. But villains have more fun. You're 100% correct. Brooke, what do you think you are? I don't know. I feel like part of me likes to think I'm a villain. Uh-huh. But deep down, I, I'm a hero. It's got to be a hero. A hero. You're 100% a hero. Are you joking? Oh God, that, I don't know. That moment where you were winning a challenge in All Stars and you were so far ahead and you were, like, yelling back for AK and you were still thinking oh, of him okay. even in that moment of competition, <laughs> like, it, I genuinely made me cry. Like, it was oh. so heroic. And also you were, like, an underdog, like, more of an overdog in the first season. Uh, but yeah. even uh -huh. so, I think, like, playing with, like, so much niceness and, like, in All Stars fighting against, like, the dominant faction. So, like, 100% a hero. Oh, 100% a hero. I'll take that. A hero. We've got a villain. What do you think you are, Shannon? Well, I'm just a regular person who's never been on Survivor. <laughs> so, I don't know, like, it's kind of weird to classify myself as either in regular life. But uh -huh. I think I would be a villain because I've, like, made a career out of endorsing scheming and strategizing yeah. and also I think integrity should be banned from Australian Survivor as a word. So <laughs> we should never be able to say it ever again. So I don't think I would really fit into the heroes camp. I think you would be a villain. Oh wow. Yeah, Just I'm... a very strategic, <laughs> yeah, well I'm a thought out of villain. You, so. Oh. Yeah, a tiny bit. Not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> so we have a villain, a hero, another villain. So we all know where we stand. Let's dive in. So hero tribes. Let's talk returnees first. What are we thinking? Who excites you? Let's go. All right. Well, starting off, Heroes Tribe, Sammy Webb, one of my very close alliances from the first mm -hmm. time I played the game. He loves the word Shannon hates, which is integrity, but he's definitely someone who would be loyal. Yeah. And another and word I love. <laughs> also loves that word. I like mateship too. Yeah. Yeah. He's very into mateship, but that's why he's on that tribe. It, yeah. You know, season one, people might not have loved that so much, but this time, we're split down the middle. We've mm. got a tribe filled with heroes mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. he's in the right spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think Sam personifies that clash of values that you often see in something like Australian Survivor. Mm. He played in the very first season of the franchise, so it was in its infancy and he was kind of within that, like, those old school values we saw in the US back in 2000. But mm. then you had fans who had watched 33 seasons of the US show, so we're all about the strategizing in, like, a very, very new school era. And Sam was all about those old school values. And I yeah. wonder 
this many seasons on in Australian Survivor, it's come such a far way. We've had, like, your all-star season. We've we've really innovated through. Is he still going to be stuck back in that mentality? Yeah, I'm not yeah. 100% sure, but I don't know that it will fly even as much as it did in season one. I, I don't one. think it can. I it think that, like, yeah. everyone who's played Survivor or watched Survivor so far, we all know how the game works. Mm. Being but nice. Sam watched Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's watched any seasons. <laughs> <That's laughs> <that's laughs> being nice can only take you so far, right? I yeah. agree. I mean, I... being nice is very good. Like, I think yeah. that that's the kind of thing, like, where it gets a bit missed. Like, being nice, for sure, people come, I'm not here to make friends. Like, the whole point is to mm -hmm. make friends and mm -hmm. then to, like, work with those friends to get you to further. Get yeah, but then to get... Yeah, I think that <laughs> it, you, you want to be nice, but not to the exclusion of all else. Like, it's a great yeah. trait to have, but it can't be the only thing you're thinking about. You also yeah. need, I think, to think a little bit about the game. Sam's good at the game, too. Mm. You guys ran that season yeah. until you didn't. Until <laughs> my best no, but friend I think, yeah, exactly. But I think that he he has he could have the capacity, but how much is he mm. holding himself back? That's yeah. really the question. Mm. I think the other thing helping him is that he is that brute strength yeah. or yeah, part of that. I mean, strong. we do have Sean, but we've also got Sam who... Sean. Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to move on to Sean. Yeah. Like, come on. How can you be six foot a million, be that beautiful, but be lovely oh, as well? So lovely. And the kids, like, come you're He's a total package. Mm. How do you think he's going to... Work I would out. hand him that money. He just looks at me and I say, have half a meal. Babe, <laughs> literally, if I was on this season with him, he could be like, you need to put your own name down. I'm like, yep, cool, <laughs> voting myself out. Can't out. And always the fact that you are both saying that is like why he'll get voted out. You exactly. know, but like, they so need him yeah. so much early. Like, he's so super strong. Mm. And he always was that leader type. He's a rallier. Like, mm -hmm. that's the big word that I have for him. He, like, galvanises his group. Yeah. But then you're like, oh... You're clearly there. There's yeah. no hiding. There's no, like, crouching down when you're Sean Hampson because uh -huh. you're still then just the same height as yeah. everyone else. So <laughs> I think that they'll all see that. Like, it's all of the things that you mentioned. He's so, so nice. I think that he has more of a head for the game than people will mm. think based on the fact that last time, like, David was playing him with the fake idol and he's yeah. been maybe a little bit naive. I think he's so much smarter than people will maybe well, even like. give him credit for. And maybe he can use that to his advantage, being underestimated. Mm. But he's such a big physical threat. Mm. I think they'll need him for the whole first half of the game and then yeah. at a point through the early merge, everyone will come together to be like that guy. Yeah. You know, that clear guy yeah. who's gorgeous yeah. and tall and amazing. <laughs> and like could he's win, gone. like, so many challenges. Like, yeah. you don't want to be going against Sean post-merge. I would Like, no. you just wouldn't want to. No. If it was me, and I would love to look at him for as long as I possibly could, <laughs> but I would keep him around at the start, and as soon as you feel like there's a merge coming, you need to get him out. I feel yeah. so bad that we're just, like, objectifying Sean. I <laughs> but I'm like, yeah. look at him. Literally, he's on a knee, and he's still <laughs> the same height as him. <laughs> <laughs> Talking yeah. about people that cannot hide, returnees, yeah. Hayley. Yes, Hayley. You love Hayley? I do. I'm such a fangirl. I think that she is the best player we've ever had in Australian Survivor, and I think she's one of the best players ever globally. Mm. I've said the most well-equipped player in global mm. franchise history. If I could throw anyone into any season of any franchise, I'd pick Hayley and put my money on her because mm -hmm. she is... What, what I say about Hayley, other than the clear physical traits and how she can win challenges, and she's obviously so smart, but from a social perspective, she's a chameleon. There's been a lot of debate. Hero, villain, she could be both. She could have been brain or brawn. She can be anything. She will fit into the setting that she needs to be in because everyone will like her, and she can adapt herself and mould herself to those environments. Mm -hmm. So she's a phenomenal player. There's a reason that she won. And I think that 
you, people should be a little scared. Mm. Rightfully so. She's so amazing. Yeah. But there is the winner's curse to speak about. Yeah. For those who don't know what that is, can you explain what the winner's curse is? Yeah. So in Australian Survivor history, no winner has returned and made it through a tribal council. So Brooke can probably speak to this a little more, having been part of one of the tribal councils. Sorry, Jericho. So, <laughs> yeah. So she voted out Jericho at the second tribal council of All Stars, the first that they went to. Shane was voted out Shane Gould in the first tribal council. Mm. And those are the two winners we've had so far until Haley. In the US, we've had obviously more successful winners who've made it further. Sandra won twice, and we had an all-winner season, so mm. someone had to, you know, <laughs> players had to make it through the yeah, first tribal yeah. councils in that. But I would put my money on Haley to do so much better than even that record, that yeah. extraordinarily low bar of one tribal council. Yeah. <laughs> I have faith in her because I think that she, she just has so much skill for the game, the way she considers it and thinks about it. It's so intentional and well thought out. So I, I'm going to give her a little bit more than just one tribal council. Yeah. Do you think that she can make it far? I do. I think, obviously, she's got a massive target on her back. Mm. But Haley is smart. She thinks about everything. She'll be thinking about putting someone else ahead of herself, you know, trying to throw that fire onto someone else. And that's that's why she can make it further. But why awesome. did you target Jericho? Like, what about him being a winner, like, specifically stood out to you to be like, this? you know, we've got to get rid of him? I think it's like a mix. So, like, part of you wants to get them out because you're petrified they can win again, that you know that they have the capability to go far. But then the other part is, like, They've won half a million dollars before. Do we want to give that chance to other people? Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, that's just... Spread it around. You know, spread, spread yes. the love a little spread bit. The but, mm. God, it, it, it killed me to, to get Jericho out the first go because he is such a lovely person. So talking that's about... That's why you're a hero. I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking about giving other people chances, let's talk about the newbies. There's a few familiar faces up there for me, even though they are newbies. I do know... Benjamin Law, I read his articles, I follow him on Twitter, I follow him on Instagram. I think he's super intelligent. So I think for me, he's definitely one to watch. Does anyone stand out for you guys? I mean, I think for me, David would be someone who I know at the start of the game, mm. no one's going to want to get rid of him. No. You know, he's, he's muscly, he's athletic, mm. he'll fit in great with Sam. Like, I feel like those two are quite similar in ways. Mm -hmm. And he probably knows Sean Hampson. They were drafted within a couple of years of each other to the AFL, so they'd at least have friends mm -hmm. and friends, I think, True. other than yeah. maybe even knowing each other. So we might have a little bit of an alpha alliance going on, but... Yeah. yeah, why is this whole tribe just like a calendar of men? I know. Like, good-looking <laughs> men. OK, uh, Matt. Does also he not you. look like a puppy dog? Like, yeah. I feel like he's, he gives massive golden retriever energy. <laughs> I feel like everything that I've read, everything that I've seen, I'm just like, you seem like a really lovely person. He and does. it makes total sense that you're on the Heroes Tribe. Yeah. I think it's going to be hard for him coming back on a season where there are returnees. Mm. I think he's going to have to learn really fast or he's going to find himself left behind or sent home. Yeah. That's probably so. true of all of the newbies. It's very, mm. very tough mm. for newbies in hybrid seasons with returnees. Khan, you would know based on the fact that Sam and Mark really ran mm -hmm. last season. <laughs> and that experience level, it makes a huge difference statistically from what we've seen in all even US seasons when there's returnees and newbies. Returnees tend to absolutely, like, ridiculously dominate. So my money's on the returnees more, but there are definitely mm -hmm. newbies that stand out. I'm also really excited about Benjamin Law. I've actually been on his radio show to talk about Survivor a couple of times, mm. so I know he's a fan. I'm a little concerned that he is known to be smart. Like, yeah. that's the thing yeah. he's coming out known to be, and then people might see that as a threatening thing. But I do think that there, there are some interesting faces there. Shani Vincent is, like, a well-known actress as well. We've seen, like, someone like Pia, mm. obviously, as an actress, win. She's mm -hmm. phenomenal. So the ceiling for Shani is probably being, you know, like a, a Pia archetype, and that would be phenomenal. 
phenomenal, so she could do I well. I mean, I, I used to fangirl over Shani so much. I loved Step Up. I used to try to be her. I wanted to cut myself a little fringe. <laughs> so I'm rooting for her a little bit. Maybe we'll do that on Talking Travel. <laughs> <laughs> Give you the Shani fringe. I don't know if my fiancé would love it if I just came home with yeah, a straight like, cut fringe. How dedicated are you to Talking Travel? <laughs> We're cutting the fringe next episode. Oh, amazing. Look, I think we've made some great points. Up next, we have the villains. Mm. Every story needs a villain, and this season of Australian Survivor has an entire tribe full of them. Kicking off the returnees, let's talk about King George, the cockroach. Let's. Come on. Like, we can't God, go past good. him. Oh, <laughs> he used to infuriate me so much at the beginning of his oh. season, and then I fell in love. <laughs> like yeah. everyone else. Like, absolutely <laughs> fell in love. How do you think he's going to go? I am so done underestimating George. I feel like I did that through his entire first season. I thought he'd be out every week and then he was in the final two. The thing about George is that he can make some moves better than anyone else. Some of the moves that he made on his season were truly some of the best maneuvers I've ever seen. Like, he can see the game and the numbers in a way. He'll also usually find something to help him out. But, like, Mm. he'll just, like, see numbers and with no food or sleep can just, like, split a vote or see how the numbers can Mm. go. He's created some incredible plurality votes, which I love. He just sees the game in an amazing way. Plus, from an entertainment perspective, he's basically the face of the franchise at this point. He is, he can give a great confessional. And I think what's underrated about George is he's, like, also just super funny off the cuff. Yes. He's phenomenal TV. I hope he does amazingly well. And I'm rooting for him every step of the way. I think something that you said then, him being, like, the face of the the whole enterprise and him being such a big character, Uh that's also one of the reasons I think he's going to be a massive target. Yeah, yeah, Not even just because people think he's going to win, but more so people are going to want to be the one that takes down the cockroach. Yeah. So or King George, I, yeah. King George, yeah. I Sprays think he, the cockroach, takes down the king. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spray the cockroach. Yeah. But I think a lot of people will be gunning for him just so they have that on their resume. Yeah. But look, he's a cockroach for a reason. It just means yeah. that he can survive, right? I totally agree with him having this massive target on his back. But if I was back there, if I was on the villain's tribe, which apparently I, sh- I would be, be. <laughs> um, I would actually probably try to work with George, um, knowing that he is such a big target. I know that's also kind of scary because he can kind of twist and turn and manoeuvre his way out. Mm. But I would like to think that he could be a shield for me. But saying that, he would probably stab me in the back as soon I know, as he yeah. can. Yeah. Well, that's what's so hard about George as a shield. It's like, firstly, he's not that great a shield because he will find a way to survive and then you're his collateral damage. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, it's like, not like, oh, we'll just get rid of him and now he's been a shield for you. He's also not just, like, this passive player you can put in front of you. Like, he's a shield that's stabbing you back. Yeah. So that's like, not a great shield to have. Like, the call is coming from inside the house. So I think that it's tough. I mean, George can make some phenomenal relationships. What he and Kara were doing together, she saved him. He played an idol for her. Uh-huh. It was very tight and I know that it's a really important relationship. It gets in the final four and he takes her out. Because he needs to. It gets to that, you know, end-end point where self-interest has to win out and it's always going to. But I do think loyalty can be a huge thing for George um, until the point where he has to put himself first. So if anyone can kind of, like, ride that train for a while, it might be a good beat for them. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. So, George, not good shield, more of a wooden shield. Gives you splinters. Gives you splinters. <laughs> yeah. 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 Ow, yeah. my shield was the problem the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Now, you've played with Shawnee before yes. and we see her return for the third time. How amazing. Well deserved. Second yeah. time, third time player. Yep. She's amazing. Shawnee, obviously, Shawnee and I were very close friends in All Stars. We're still close friends now. Mm. I love her to death. She is one of those people that just suck you in. You mm. want to be around her. You want to have her on side. And when you're out there and you're starving and you're grumpy, it's just nice to have good energy. Yeah. And Shawnee is great energy, 24-7, exactly what you want out there. I feel like I would love to play with Shawnee. Yeah. Because she would be really fun. 
But I feel like, you know how Shani always has that one num number one person on every season that she kind of hangs with and then they kind of they take iconic. each other towards the end, yeah. right? Yeah. I think I could be that person, but I feel like I would get so involved in it that she would cut me <laughs> You'd be the cleaner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's true because season one she had... Is it Fenella? Fenella, Fenella. Yeah. Fenella. Season one, she had Fenella. Season all stars, she had me. But so. she never cut. She didn't cut either of you. She like, didn't cut. I mean, us. She's yeah. loyal. Yeah, I don't know. We've never seen Shawnee get to that end point with an ally that she needs to cut. Yeah. Because it gets to the point where they're taken out from under her, and she survives. So I don't know. I think Shawnee actually could be very loyal, but I think there's good reason. I think it's because if Shawnee gets to the end and mm. she can talk about her game, she might be anyone. So there's no reason to like mm. really cut. I mean, even if she's going up against tough competition, I'd give her a very good shot. So. She's a phenomenal player. She has like a really active social game that you can actually see on screen. Sometimes it's hard to translate that yeah. through the screen, but it's so intentional from her that you can see it every step of the way. So I think it's incredible to see her for a third time. And she's amazing. I can't wait for it. Uh, bring on look, the Shantan. Bring on the Shantan. <laughs> I'm looking up at that right now. And I reckon Geordie and Shani would get along pretty well. I can see them causing a lot of mischief together. They're cheeky. Yeah, I think they have very similar vibes. She's the Harley Quinn to his Joker, maybe. <laughs> I think so. I oh, think... my God, that is iconic. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. I can really see the two of them, like, bantering, but also having the same people they want to work with, having the same enemies. Like, I can kind of see them being mm. on the same page. Mm. Now, what about I, Simon? Like, I feel like he really stands out in the middle of that photo as well. I'm a bit worried for Simon. I know that Simon is kind of a little bit jaded because of the two idols thing. So I... You he needs half of that. Yeah, so I feel as though he needs to come in with a clear head. He needs to come in with not too much revenge on his mind because I feel like that could cloud him. Mm -hmm. Well, having been voted out with an idol, I hate to bring it up, but um, how do you feel like that would affect you? Do you feel like that would haunt you and really impact how you would play? So I was not too... I don't know. I felt like I was having so much fun that that didn't really put a negative spin yeah. on my season of Survivor. I feel as though if I did come back, though, and I found an idol, it would be gone. I would be like, yes, just take <laughs> yeah. it. I do not want it. Do not come near me. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it, it's a little bit different with Simon because I think... He left because George and... It was Haley. I mean, George was there, but yeah. he was a visitor at that tribal council. They've actually never even been at the same camp. Right. Um, Haley really led the blind side, mm. the blind side of the blind side that became Simon going with two idols for the first and only time in Australian Survivor history. So I do think that, like, mm. that consumes him. But look at this tribe compared to what we just were, like, objectifying of the heroes tribe. I think physically the heroes are going to just, like, mm. beat up on mm. the villains. And they need Simon. Because yep. the, the heroes have, like, four Simons. And Sean Hampson is, like, two Simons. <laughs> so, like, so I think it's I really... I going to hate that you said that. No, like, no, 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 no. Simon, Simon is so, so strong. I think that he can do whatever he wants early because they absolutely need they him. Need I mean, him. even villains need to win some challenges. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. they cannot possibly afford to lose him. Um, and, like, Sean Hampson is to anyone. He's three, most people. So I think that, like, Simon is particularly strong. He was a complete challenge winner uh -huh. and differentiator in his season. And... They absolutely need him, so he's not going anywhere for a while because they'd be absolutely stupid to do that. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about the newbies on the Villains Tribe now. I've got to talk about Anjali. I watched Real Housewives. <laughs> oh. I'm a massive Housewife fan, and I feel like if I was there on day one, she would be my target. Ooh. Yeah, look, are you aware of how I her season... She quit. I haven't watched it, she but... Quit. I... She quit. She quit? Yeah, so she had a... She didn't have a great time on the show. She thought that her castmates weren't very nice to her. She didn't like the way it was going. So she left. 
Real show to be on. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, she put Real Housewives. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, part of that makes me feel like she's a hero. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> hey, don't sorry, bag Real I'm Housewives. Sorry, I'm sorry. I shouldn't shame. No, I don't know. So, do we I'm think sure it's great if TV. things don't go her way, will she up and leave this show? Well, no, I don't think that. I just think that I would not be able to work with someone like that. Yep. That if they didn't have their way, mm. they would just go, nah, I'm mm. out. Like, that's too chaotic. That's too unpredictable for me. Yeah. So she would be my number one target. Okay, but, okay, so she walked out. That's fine. Sarah Marshke is accused of pushing Miss Greeks down the stairs. Mm. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a little worse than walking out of Real House. She says she didn't do it, but then she's also on the villain's tribe. And also in her bio, she's talking about how if she had done it, she, she never would have gotten up. up. Like, I feel like that's, like, she's kind of admitting to it a little bit. Oh, no, it's playful, you know? It's like, playful to push Miss Grease down it? the stairs. Well, I don't know. How nice is Miss Grease? <laughs> she deserves it. No, she's probably really nice. She's Miss Grease. I don't yeah, think that we're saying that Miss Grease deserve to be pushed down the I stairs. Think, <laughs> I think she'll be a savage to play with. I would be a little bit scared of her. I could literally talk about this all day, but we have to move on because this isn't the first time the Survivor franchise has done Heroes versus Villains. And it's time for Shannon's World of Survivor. Yes, this is not the first time that the global franchise has done Heroes versus Villains. The 20th season of the US Survivor was Heroes versus Villains. It is highly regarded and even, I think, a little bit agreed upon as the best season of Global Survivor, which is hard because the fandom doesn't agree on a lot. So it was a phenomenal season won by Australian Survivor player Sandra D.S. Twine, whose daughter Nina is obviously playing on this season. She was a villain, Nina is a hero, and it was back in Samoa, where we're going back to now, where the first season of Australian Survivor was as well. So something that was very interesting about that season was that it was the theme, this duality really, I think, encompassed the whole season. And people really lent into, a lot of the time, especially the villains, their designation. So the heroes sometimes really wore it as a badge of honour and the villains really lent into it as well. Do you guys think that that is something that you would do? The hero that you are, Brooke, and the villain that you are, Khan, do you think that you would really lean into being that role? I feel like I can pull this back to... I I did psychology when I was a lot younger and um, the Stanford Prison Experiment Mm. where people were put into groups of being, like, a prisoner or a cop And because you're given those roles, you kind of just naturally fall into it. So I feel as though it's going to be human nature for the heroes to act like heroes and villains to act even more villainous than they already do. (laughs) So, yeah, I I reckon if you put me on either tribe, I would go into that direction Mm. because I feel like there's a pressure on me to do so. Yeah, I agree. I think that being put into that group, your mindset will automatically kind of change. So, like, if I was put into a villain group, I feel like I need to up my villain game. Mm. I need to be sneaky. I need to be this and that. So I definitely feel like everyone will bring their A game, whether it's on a heroic level or whether they be a bit more sneaky. Mm. Yeah, last time I really feel like especially the villains lent into that, being like, I'm a villain and, like, doing, like, whatever they needed to and being particularly savage. Yeah, and the the heroes, (laughs) I think, like, some of them took it as, like, a badge of honour and, like, really tried to, to, to lean into it. Some of the heroes, I think, saw it as, like, a freeing thing. Like, they were going to kind of break free of almost, like, the prison of being a hero and then they played big and it it didn't go particularly well for a lot of them. But I think there might be some of that. But I do think if you look at some of the players, like maybe like a Haley, for example, to kind of know that you're seen maybe as a hero, to lean into that, but to have those villainous tendencies Mm -hmm. behind the scenes that you can work with, that's probably the best bet for any of them to try and get to that middle ground. But I think as well what's so interesting is that that was a full returnee season. We've never seen regular everyday people from life given a title such as a hero or a villain, and how will that impact them personally? Like, how will they try to lean into that? I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. Okay, guys, I have to wrap this up. 
Here's something you never hear a surviving contestant say, but I need to wait and I'll be right back. <laughs> We're back and ready to talk about beef. And by that, I mean long-standing rivalries between returnees and not a cut of meat cooked to perfection following one of my amazing recipes. Let's take a look at this. No one has had to fight as hard as I have to win this game. I had to go up against one of the most notorious villains, King George, to take my crown and win Australian Survivor. Hayley rode my coattail right to the very end, and then she cashed my cheque for half a million dollars. I'm coming back to take back what's rightfully mine. The crown that Hayley stole from me. That gave me chills. So this is what they'd like us to believe. Shannon, what are you thinking? You hosted um, Talking Tribal with both of them last year. Yeah, I mean, it's a little upsetting. I'm going to be upset if, like, we're all laughing, having a good time, and next year it's, like, Khan versus Brooke. <laughs> like, I like to think that we're all friends. I mean, I know that they have a really great friendship in real life, and mm. I think that what gets missed with Haley and George is there is this rivalry. Like, of mm. course, they went up against each other in the final tribal council, and Haley won, and at times they had to be against each other. Haley was kind of forced mm. to out George as a double agent because there was this big twist mm -hmm. that was kind of ruining mm -hmm. her game. But for so much of that game, they worked together in such phenomenal ways. Like, from pre-swap... She helped George, she saved him. At the merge, he helped her as the double agent mm -hmm. and saved the Brains tribe. And then through so much of the late merge until that incredible 2-1-1 vote at the final four, they were working together because they see the game in a very similar way and it's so many levels above where most people can see it. Yeah. Um, and when you put that, those two things together and those two minds, amazing things can happen. So I do think that there's going to be that rivalry. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that competitiveness is it fully an act. Like, yeah. I know that it exists there and I don't doubt that George does probably want to get one over on Haley and and to have that be part of, like, a winning game for him. But I know that there's enormous respect that he has for a game. I know that they have a lot of love and respect for each other. And I would think that until it gets to the crunch time, they would see each other as an asset more than a hurdle. And I really do hope that there's a lot of love and friendship there. We were having a good time on Talking yeah. Tribal, OK? It wasn't this whole, like, negative thing. So there was definitely no underlying kind of outstanding beef situation. Oh, there's beef. No, I'm just, no, like, <laughs> no, like, as in, like, well, does he want to get one over on Haley? And would she, like, you know, like, you have to get one over on everyone to win. Mm -hmm. Eventually, yes. Like, I think that's a part of it. But I just think that, like, for a very long time you know they're they are friends like mm -hmm. and they and and if they can get together again and make things happen again we as viewers will be lucky for yeah. it as we were last time i think i think i would expect them to work together because yeah. i think in previous seasons they understand each other they understand each other's game style how each other plays which means that they're not scared to cut the other person at a certain stage and i feel like hayley especially knows how george is so she can kind of work mm -hmm. with him to an extent knowing that at some stage I need to move on from this. Well, that's such a big part of Survivor. I know some mm. incredible players, someone like Yul Kwan has talked about how so much of it is be having players that you can understand so that you can predict them. Mm -hmm. And I think because they do think of the game in similar ways and because self-interest will win out for both of them, they can predict each other. So it's a good working relationship because mm. they both know what's going on and neither one is like really oblivious to what the other person is doing. Would a good strategy for them be just keeping up this front, that they yeah. do have this beef, they can't wait to get each other out, playing other sides, but secretly work together. Yeah. Find out who's wanting to vote out George. Find out who's wanting to vote out Hayley. So and everyone for George. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> George, everyone wants to vote you out. I don't know how to tell you this, but they all want to do it. But it is a great way for them to get further in the game. Mm. Yeah, Play definitely. into it. Like, I that's mean, what I would be doing. They'll have to get to, like, a swap or emerge to play together. And also, like, will people buy that? 
Like, I feel like people are seeing them on Instagram having lunch together. Like, right? I mean, like, Flick and I yeah, also yeah. had lunch together and I still got her back. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Look, I feel like Instagram life is very different to Survivor life. I think once you're thrown into that situation, it's all for yourself. You're like, your friendships, yes, they are there. But at the end of the day, only one person can mm-hmm. win. That's why you're a villain. Exactly. All brilliant. Villain team. Um, talking about rivalries, Shani and Steve. Yeah. Come on. Uh, I mean, we're not even on the same book. <laughs> Johnny versus Steve, like the same. There's a, but the thing is, so Steve was the fourth boot from that season, and Shawnee was a part of what who got him out. Think about how much Survivor Shawnee has played since then. Yeah. She played all of that season, and then all of All Stars, like getting to like pretty much the end of both seasons. Like I don't know that Shawnee remembers who Steve is. I, no, I, 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 I actually <laughs> totally agree. I genuinely don't think Steve has crossed Shawnee's mind over the last. She'll be few like, years nice to all. meet you. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm Shawnee. Yeah. Yeah. What I find really surprising that is even in his bio, Steve speaks about wanting this revenge on Shawnee. He's obviously been pondering this for a very long time, oh. but it is very one-sided. I genuinely don't think Shawnee would have a clue about any of this. <laughs> Do you know what's also quite funny to me, he's wanted revenge on Shawnee, thinking that one day he may be back on Survivor with Shawnee. I, <laughs> I kind of hate that the show validated that because it was an insane thought to have and now it's actually true. He's like, I've been plotting it, but like, that was never going to happen. And now it literally is. But I mean, to go toe to toe with Shawnee, best of luck to him, yeah. obviously. Like that's a, that's a tough assignment. I don't think I'd be doing that. Look, if I was in Steve's shoes, I would really be trying to let it go, right? Because yeah, I okay. think, again, being so consumed by revenge and one idea in Survivor, it's your downfall. Yeah, like you, you, you get tunnel vision. And if you get tunnel vision, you don't see everything else that's happening around you. Mm-hmm. You get to a point where you're not paying attention and you have to pay attention. That's like Survivor 101. Mm-hmm. You need to be listening. You need to be there. You need to be aware. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think you're exactly right. If you focus too much on getting someone out, you're in trouble. If you focus too much on your speech at the end when you're getting towards the end, that's when everything just falls and hits the ground. Mm-hmm. So you really have to have those thoughts just going everywhere at all times, mm-hmm. have your eyes on everywhere, be in every conversation. That's what they've got to make sure they're doing. No, Steve is just going to be Shawnee. Oh, he? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, I don't think he's taking down Shawnee. I don't see that as the, as the thing. I can't but, see it happening. Yeah. But we all might be shocked. It could, David it could happen. David versus Goliath, you know. Oh, I love. Um, do you see any other grudges happening? Maybe not a grudge, but I'm interested in kind of the relationships, people who've played together. I mean, mm. you played with both Nina mm. and Geordie mm. on Water. Yep. I don't think that's so much a grudge. I mean, Geordie took out Sandra, but then also so did Nina. Yeah. So, so I don't know if that's so much of a grudge. I mean, do you think that they would work together or how do you think that relationship would pan out? Uh, well, currently they're on separate tribes, so they yeah. need to kind of get together. Yeah. They were working together. Like, we at the beginning of um, Water the three of us were in a bigger alliance. Yeah. So like, but we were a little bit wary of um, Geordie just because the way that Geordie speaks, you don't actually know if he's on your plan or not. Like if he's like going along with you or if he's just saying it and there's yeah. something else happening. And Nina actually did say that to me, I think a couple of times where we were talking about like the people in our alliance. It was a very big alliance, but it was <laughs> an alliance. And she's like, who, who are you unsure of? And we both a couple of times did say Geordie. But that's, I think, just because he's a tiny bit unpredictable. But I don't see them clashing. I see them... I would see them working together if a swap happened or a merge happened. But Nina will be very careful. Mm. It also, mm. like, better the devil you know sometimes. Yeah. Like, just even having this familiarity with some of the players, I think, could be a big thing for some of the returnees. I mean, obviously, Flick played with both Haley and George mm. Ann, and she's also played with Simon if they, you know, ever get to 
a tribe together. She voted for Haley to win. She's on Haley's tribe. So I think that they would have a really good friendship mm. and alliance that I can see as well. So there's that like four person brain versus brawn contingent. Mm. And then there's Nina and Jordy and everyone else is kind of from these individual seasons. But mm. you kind of expect that they might have relationships just from like the survivor community and know each other. Mm. So you never know how that will pan out as well. So do you think that there's certain players this season that you can see working together or should be in alliances? I do. I can see Shawnee picking one of the girls, whether that's Miss Universe or whether that's Liz or someone like similar to Shawnee. Shawnee yeah. likes to stick with people she can have fun with and it's usually a female. So I feel like that's gonna, that could happen. That and that's something... Me. I know. I'm like, Because I want to be her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I feel like her. I'm getting betrayed if she finds someone else. Like, doll, I thought we were besties, but... It might happen. Mm. I also feel like we will get, you know, the boys, the meat always comes together. Like Sam Webb. The meat always comes together. Interesting choice of work. <laughs> but I do think, you know, the alpha guys usually stick together. Yeah. So I'm sure Sam and David might get together. Look. I would love to if watch I that. See, yeah, exactly. If I see four really beautiful men in the waters of Samoa having a little splash... No issues here. (laughs) But I think as well is that that blueprint was just laid out by Mark. They had this Meat Shield Alliance. I mean, that was laid out a long, long time ago by someone like Jeremy Collins in the US version who won doing that. Mm -hmm. But Mark as well used that so well. He's also a big, strong specimen of a person. And the way that he lowered that threat level, I mean, he talked about physically he would actually, like, lower himself in the water. But also he surrounded himself with these other kind of alpha males. Jordy was a part of that. Josh is an example. And they carried that through because they saw how in former seasons these men would get picked off through these mm. long, long mergers. Yeah. People like Sean Hampson as an example because mm. you'd have time to be like that strong guy and then take them out. So if they're thinking on that wavelength and they've seen that work before, even last season, they may all want to come together even across tribes and have this like big beefy alliance of meat shields mm. that can take them further into the game. So we're talking a lot about relationships between our returnees, but it is a season with an equal split, right? It's returnees yeah, and newbies. Yeah. How do you think those re- um, relationships will work? Well, as I said before, like statistically in when it's been done in like the US season and even as we've seen it in Australia with Sam and Mark last season, Luke got to the final four mm-hmm. in 2019. When you have returnees, they do so, so well. So in every single season bar one in the US and Australia where returnees have come back in any capacity, even if it's just two returnees or one in Luke and all newbies, they will make at, one will make at least the final four. But when it's a split, when it's been an even split as it almost is here, a returnee is won every single time and all but one final tribal council spot has been taken up by returnees. So we see that experience level really does have an impact. And with these returnees as well, it's not even like we've seen in other hybrid seasons where it's like one-time non-winners versus newbies. This is a winner, a three-time player, extraordinary experience, people who've gotten all the way to the very, very end. There's a spectrum of returnees. There's also Mm pre-merged boots, but versus newbies yeah and a lot of those newbies i think might be out of their depth yeah coming up against some of the players and the returnees that we have here so we, you, sorry to interrupt <laughs> no no it's fine. it's fine i was going to ask you we're talking about newbies we're talking about how hard it's going to be mm. if you were giving advice to a newbie what would you be telling them so what i'm questioning in my head is whether or not there is going to be this divide whether the newbies start ganging up on the returnees or returnees ganging up on the newbies So if I was a newbie playing, I would want to make a strong alliance with someone who has played before because Mm -hmm. you want to be that, Mm -hmm. you you don't want to separate yourself and have that divide because the people who have played before, you know, they've got the upper hand. So if you get one of them in your pocket 
you're the you know the, you're not the first person in their mind who's mm-hmm. going to be kicked off. Mm-hmm. That's I think the thing as well. Is there's 11 returnees and 13 newbies, and like the the Heroes Trap has five returnees and seven newbies. So we, we should come together as newbies, mm-hmm. take out some returnees. It just makes numerical sense. But I don't think they will. I think that you cling to that experience. I think that they'll absolutely look to align with them mm-hmm. and either be lambs to the slaughter or maybe at, at best <laughs> then be allies for yeah. returnees that might come against each other. Like, if you can pick a side in that and that side wins, mm-hmm. like, that's the best bet. You would hate for them to just be, like, going out a revolving door of newbies. But I do think that that is a possibility, especially on the Heroes Tribe. Yeah, definitely. Now, let's talk about threats. Let's talk about targets. Who do you reckon has the biggest target on their back? I'm choosing between George and Haley. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've, you know, we've discussed it a lot, but someone else that we haven't discussed as being a target is Shawnee. Yeah. I mean, we've seen how well she can play. We know how much people love her. If she gets to the end, she's got a good chance at getting votes. Mm. And what we haven't discussed is Shawnee is a physical threat as well, which, I mean, we've underestimated that the last two seasons, but you don't underestimate that the third time. Yeah. We know she's great with endurance. She's great in water. I would be really worried about Shawnee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's won three individual immunity challenges. She's particularly good when it gets to those like late game mm-hmm. endurance challenges, which are so threatening in their own right. Someone like Nina is so interesting to me. I mean, I think she could fly under the radar. I think the recency bias could hurt her because they just saw her play so well mm-hmm. yeah. and then get medivaced. It's such a shame that she had to out how good she is mm-hmm. and then have it like amount to a medivac. But the thing about Nina as well, she comes from that survivor experience. She's Sandra's daughter. I mean, there's so many fascinating parallels mm-hmm. between the fact that Sandra won the original Heroes versus Villains as a villain. Nina's back now as a hero. She has maybe a little bit of that experience mm-hmm. coming back. Sam Webb's coming back from Samoa mm-hmm. from the first season, which is iconic. The original Heroes versus Villains was in Samoa, and maybe Sandra can give some of that advice to Nina. So she might be well-placed here. Mm-hmm. I think she's particularly well-placed. I just wonder how much everyone else will see that mm-hmm. as well. I agree. Like, for me, besides Haley and George, it will be Nina. Like, I feel as though people don't give her enough credit. Mm-hmm. No, like, because they're like, oh, no, Nina's back. It's going to be all fun and games. She was amazing. She is one of the most captivating people that I have ever met. I've obviously played with her and the way that she speaks, you want to believe her, you want to trust her and you want to go along with her plans. And that is such a strong skill to have in Survivor. Now, before we do go though, winner picks. I'm going to say Shawnee. There we go. I'm like, I love her. And I think she has what it takes. It's just dodging those bullets when she needs to. Yep. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Nina. I feel like Shawnee is a great pick. I, w- I think that the heroes are really going to have a strong start. So I'm looking mm. more at the heroes tribe. I'm looking at some of those really strong women that we've seen win Australian Survivor and really have those games where they can make it through a very long game, maybe be overlooked for some of the bigger men that are just like there as shields mm. and then make it through that, win some of the final challenges and, and win the game. So I think Nina's got it all. Mm-hmm. I hope she'll be a little bit more underestimated compared to some of like mm. the bigger threats in like Haley and George or yeah. even Shawnee as an example. And I think that she kind of has all that it takes to win the game. So I would love Sean to win, but my pick, I think I have to agree with you, is Nina. I think she has everything that she needs to win. It's just getting rid of the threat that will be on mm. her back towards like the middle and the end of the game. Um, she's going to have a lot of work to do, but I f- my fingers are definitely crossed. Hopefully it will be her. If she just ducks behind Sean Hampson, no one will even see her. (laughs) So I think that's probably the the game. Okay, that's all we have time for. But we'll be back next week after episode three of Australian Survivor Heroes vs Villains, which kicks off Monday, Jan 30th at 7.30pm on 10 and 10 Play. There's plenty of Survivor content on 10 Play to get you through until then. Check it out and we'll see you next week. Woo! Woo!
Thanks for listening to Australian Survivor Talking Tribal, a Network 10 podcast.